Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are continuing to look at Acts. We're uh, in cha- still in chapter 2, looking at verses 29 through 33, read from the New Living Translation. Life Application Study Bible says, Peter's emphasis is that Jesus' body had not been left to rot in the grave, but had been, in fact, resurrected and glorified. And that refers to the uh, uh, resurrection and the ascension. Peter wanted his audience to realize that David was not speaking of himself, but rather of the Messiah. Let's listen to Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 33, read from the New Living Translation. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. Again, Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 33, read from the New Living Translation. I'll be back to share insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scott. I'm your host of Five Minutes in the Word. Thank you for taking time to uh, learn God's Word with me as we learn together. Like, follow, share at Minute Words or hashtag Minutes Word on Facebook and Twitter. And my podcast is heard wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. Y'all be blessed. That again was Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 33, read from a New Living Translation. David, according to Peter, is both dead and buried. So he couldn't have been writing about himself. Peter points out that this psalm cannot be speaking of its human author, David, because David is dead and remains buried. The reference to his tomb may have been uh, on the site, on a site on the south side of Jerusalem, near the pool of uh, Siloam. And we read, I think I read yesterday, that the pilgrims, those on the pilgrimages to the Holy Land, uh, 
probably passed the tomb of David on those pilgrimages. But let me continue. The psalm, according to Peter, must be speaking prophetically of the Messiah, Jesus. David was inspired by the Spirit to write what he wrote. If David was not speaking of himself, as obviously he was not, then he was speaking as a prophet. He was writing about one who uh, would be resurrected from the dead. Peter reminds his audience of the Davidic uh, covenants in which God promised that one of David's descendants would reign forever. And that's in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. God kept his promise in Jesus, David's descendant, whose reign would not end. So in Jesus, the promise is fulfilled, and David has a seed that, who will reign forever. And I thought about that, you know, as you think about Israel is still around, and I was wondering, are the uh, kings that are, you know, in power, if they were of the uh, line of David? But this answered my question, because Jesus reigns. He is that representation. He is the fulfillment of God's promise that David's descendant would reign forever. His reign would not end. Uh, this promise was for someone to be on the throne for eternity, and that would be in the, in the person of Jesus. The Jewish listeners of Peter's day understood the words of the psalm, as others as well, as referring to the Messiah. So because I wasn't Jewish and I was thinking about that, I hadn't, you know, put those two things together. Um... He said, this Jesus was raised up, and we are all witnesses. And remember, that was one of the things that when they were choosing someone to fill Judas's seat, he had to have been with Jesus from the very beginning. And he had to be a witness to the ascension because they had to have you know, those eyewitnesses, those eyewitness accounts. Jesus of Nazareth, the man they all knew, and uh, Peter says, as you yourself know, uh, was the one who fulfilled the promise, this prophetic promise in the book of Psalms. How did uh, Peter know this? He saw the resurrected Jesus. The basic evidence of the, resident, of the resurrection was simply the report of reliable eyewitnesses. It wasn't he said, she said, my cousin said, they saw it happen. The people that were talking and witnessing were all eyewitnesses. And he said, of which we are all witnesses. So all of those standing and proclaiming were witnesses of the bodily ascension, bodily resurrection, the, uh, and Jesus walking among them, and they watched him ascend into heaven. And then he says, he poured out this which you now hear and see. So they were asking, what was this all about? What, you know, and then you had those who were mocking, well, they're drunk. <laughs> but he's saying, Peter affirms that what the crowd saw was the work of the risen and ascended uh, Christ who, had, who was sent 
who sent his Holy Spirit upon the church. Jesus has an exalted position at the right hand of God. Not even the angels can do that. In his ascension, the resurrected Jesus is glorified by God the Father to a position of authority over all things. As Jesus promised earlier in Acts, his promise was fulfilled because they received the promise of the Holy Spirit. In claiming that Jesus does the work of sending God's Spirit, Peter implies Jesus' unity with God the Father um, in purpose and in power. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that even people who are Gentiles like me can understand we love God, we know God, but the Jewish history is hard for us to just wrap our minds around. So we thank you for the book of Acts, which makes it plain, which brings us back to promises that our Jewish friends and neighbors and those who love uh, God, they know this. And God, we know that not all Jews believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Even though your word, even though your word tells them that he is. And those who have accepted Christ as their Savior are mighty witnesses of that. And we pray for those who have uh, been separated from their families because they are Jews for Jesus. We thank you for them. We thank you that we have uh, uh, Jewish leaders who are Christians who teach us what we need to know to understand and apply your word. We thank you for that. Father, we're praying for those who need you in a special way, as we always do. And we're thanking you for answered prayer. Thanking you for journey mercies and traveling graces for my husband and I as we travel to Louisiana and back. And we'll be on the road again next weekend. Thank you for the protection that you give us. And not just us, but all who are on the road who make it from one place to the other and um, bless their homes that they leave, that they, when they return, everything is all well. Praying for those who are sick, who are needy, whatever the needs are. And again, thanking you for answered prayers. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed. Thank you.